I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer, bet gets a goal. Well, when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. <laughs> Sleeve Le Mans. Um, Brian, you don't like that song, which is absolutely outrageous. <laughs> I absolutely love it. <laughs> well, compared to Limerick and the Cranberries and Zombie eating out around uh, Crow Park last year, it's a bit different to, to Sleeve Le Mans. It slows it down a bit, but nah. Look. No, it definitely does. So too close to Tipperary. <laughs> a brilliant song and a brilliant performance, let's be honest, uh, by Tipperary. They scored their first five shots of the second half, they scored three, two, three from play. Game over. Like, realistically, for the neutrals, it wasn't a good game because when it was competitive, it was scrappy and the rain was kind of ruining it. And then when the actual hurling was being played, it was only played by one team in the second half and it wasn't a contest. So a, 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 an all-around final cheddar, you've watched a lot of them, which probably won't be remembered for too long outside of tip. Would that be fair? Um, yeah, no, I, I think the, you know certainly most of the second half, um, you know, it, it was very, very obvious that tip were going to move on. It was only really a matter of how much then. 
Um, look, the, the goals were important. I suppose, look, when you score three goals and particularly from playing a game, you're expected to go on and win the match. Um, but I think there was a lot of sort of subplots to it as well, you know, particularly in, in terms of once Tip got into form and in the way they played, um, well, you know, was very, very interesting. Um, it certainly wasn't traditional is all I'll say. Um, and I think it was very interesting as well. You know, we spoke and we spoke with Dermot here maybe last week, uh, Bully, about, you know, when, when um, Wexford had a man up of how they played the game. Well, look, Tip showed how you use an extra man yesterday in terms of moving the ball and working the ball through the hands and also changing the size of the field you know to you know they ran I suppose the Kenny defence ragged in the last 10 or 15 minutes there and to be honest with you um, I would probably say Willie that Tip were a small little bit sloppy they could have actually won by more to be honest with you at that stage um, but there was other issues as well that you know we might in terms of the way the Kenny used the ball and that yeah definitely leaving a man down and that yeah. you know did, did they simply play into the, into the extra man that Tip had look we might talk about that later on we will we'll talk about that in part two and I'll give you the answer that yes they did <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what you two experts have to say about it but we saw some brilliance then like I mean the Callan and pass for bubbles goal like I mean I talked to Shamey in the Clayton Hotel this morning that's coming up now very soon but like that point was on there Brian like that's going for the juggler that's like that's and then the control from Bubbles it was a rocket across to him in the square mm. you know and he had to control it and stick it in and I'd say he was the only one in Crow Park that saw it yeah like I didn't see it until it was no, exactly. landing <laughs> but look five minutes Shamey turned it on 1-1 one, one, and then created that goal out of nowhere so for me like Shamey was quiet in the first half was actually quite well, he got more no ball. No, he got, yeah got very little ball yeah um, I think he got the ball in his hand twice in the first half but for those five minutes he turned it on and, and rammed it home and look from from there on obviously Tip were just cruising home after that it was look brilliant vision as I said I don't think anyone else even saw it no that was that was the thing it just came across like I was waiting for it to clock up a point and now mm. it's in Bubbles and it's a goal before you know it and then Bubbles did something similar Cheddar under the Cusick stand some brilliant footwork to get him away from two Kilkenny players and then you're thinking throw it up tap it over the bar no mm. that's not good enough for Bubbles he sends a rocket of a pass across to Jason Ford yeah. who puts it over the bar that was just top class hurling Cheddar uh, it was but put it in context as well you know when you're that far ahead in the game you know these things happen first of all they're absolute quality players but um, yeah, were they, were they that far ahead when that Callum uh, passed? Uh, they were. Look, look. I, I think Tipperary were in the driving seat at that stage, and and uh, you know tails were up at that stage. Yeah, and, tails and, were definitely and, up. And, and, and players tried that. I mean, the man beside me is well capable of doing all of those things as well. Um, so, so you know, I put a little bit of that in the context, and then look, I flip that on its head as well, and I'd say for the first fifteen or twenty minutes we didn't see that, but we certainly did see a style of hurling from Tipperary even earlier on in terms of how they were trying to use the ball and work the ball up the side and then, then you know maybe diagonal ball across field space and how they created that space that was evident earlier on and I thought even in the first 20 minutes when maybe Kilkenny were maybe on the front foot and you know and were probably in control of the game to a small extent Tip's use of the ball in that 15-20 minutes was still better than Kilkenny's and I suppose you know if you were just to take those as signs as what was to come well look that's what that's what turned out in the end I think Yeah The big talking point obviously is the red card um, I don't think it had any bearing on the game I think the tide was starting to turn at that stage it definitely didn't help it you know because Kilkenny had no attacking game plan again we'll talk about that in part two are we all going to be in agreement that it was a stonewall red card <laughs> in, <laughs> you, you're not yeah. going to agree no, no, no. in real time I'd say no but the yeah. ref got it right the, the, the linesman was right beside he saw it and yeah. he made the call right yeah look 
letter to law red card I, okay I'm going to definitely admit that but I think 82,000 people were there yesterday didn't think a red was going to be shown initially as you said like then I saw a picture back in, in a, a close up and I know it still is different like Richie's elbow was up and he did catch him on the side of the jaw but like I looked at it so many times you know with the naked eye and I, you could barely you could see he just about clipped him but you didn't realise to what no. extent but the, the linesman obviously saw it yeah, so like he made the, the call boys had a, and they, it was they, the they right had, call they had a big talk and it looked to me that they didn't they really mm. didn't want to send well, him they, off oh, well I'd say they didn't yeah mm. and I just felt and this is my issue like this is again they're worried about the assessor's report you know, will he be vilified? You know, when they have their debrief with with whoever Dickie Murphy or whoever's in charge of that, or or or, um, or that, you know, will they actually be docked for for not sending them off? And I think that had a big bearing on, on whether he sent them off or not. I think a lot of other referees down through the years would have just given the yellow card and moved on. Right. What do you think, Cheddar? Um, uh, look, uh, first of all, I was disappointed that there wasn't more um, video shots of the incident. I think there was only two, and there's must be twenty or thirty cameras in in uh, Croke Park yesterday. So I'm surprised there wasn't others because I know there was a person actually sitting beside me, and after about five minutes, showed me just a, um, a video snip of it, and it didn't look like he made contact. But all of the other ones were clearly showing that contact was made. And it comes back to the argument, I suppose, Willie, we've had a number of times here. Do you referee by rules or by, you know, what people would like to see? And, you know, we, we've got to stick with the rules. Um, and there's some other issues around that as well. But let's just, just work on that one for a minute. Because otherwise in that, you're, you're leaving a massive scope of interpretation to referees. You're going to have one referee who will referee it one way and somebody else another way. And then we're given out then that there's inconsistency in refereeing. Um, and I think there's, there's there's just a couple of other issues in that. One of them um, being that, you know, earlier on, I think Cahill may have clipped... Um, um, Richie, yeah, Richie. he did, he and did. Look, all hurling people know that that was innocuous. It happened and he was caught on it and so on and so on. And I'd say, you know, Richie saw an opportunity to to drive into him and, and get retribution back. But there's a, there's a most important issue here. It's above the shoulder. Um, there's been a number of times we've seen, you know, lots of blows to the head over the years and I'm going back a number of years here, which were absolute savagery and how people didn't suffer serious injuries from him, I don't know. Um, but we've got to be very, very careful and for our players. And, you know, medical people came onto the field yesterday and you've got to give them time to assess players. And sometimes you've got to save players from themselves, particularly hurlers, because generally speaking, to get up. But the last point I'd like to make, I just caught, thought Cottle met a little bit too much about it as well, to be honest about you. And I, I just thought he would be a little bit dissatisfied himself um, with himself this, this morning. I think somebody else mentioned about simulation and that and hurling. And there was a little bit of that in it. I thought, just thought he should have bounced back up again after it. You know, it wouldn't have changed the decision it, it, it certainly was a red card in my view based on the the, the, uh, the video snaps that we have seen and it, look it changed the course of the game to a certain extent but I think the course of the game had been changing a little bit before that anyway it's, you know it certainly wasn't the game changer that some people are saying yeah for, well, yeah. sorry just for me it's, it's the grey area around the rule though to say any contact to the head it's a straight red yeah. and then you know like, uh, what, this again, was what, an elbow uh, to yeah, the head I know that but like later on then Jason Ford you know high tackle on, on Owen Murphy I know Owen Murphy kind of dipped into it a little bit but you know so it's, this is why I'm saying it's a bit of a grey area so you touch the helmet at all of you off or, or what? what is the story like uh, obviously Jason Ford's wasn't sending off either you know like no. he, he didn't even get a card but yeah. um, and, and right, rightly so I, but I, think, I think Brian there was a little bit more intention in that yeah no no I, I appreciate that but yeah. I'm just saying you know when you talk about rules yeah. like you yeah. know if we want to apply them then it's black and white well, it's, it's not it's not like when you, when you take the emotion out of it and the like for Richie Hogan who's a great player it's a straight it's a straight red card and this is very you have to be very simple about this and like Jackie Terrell said last night I was reading you just feel a bit bad for Richie 
you could or could you take it in the spirit of an All Ireland? I know maybe that's uh, technically a red card, but Richie's not a dirty hurler. So that's all irrelevant. Like I mean. like you saw Owens he didn't want to send him off and that's purely because he didn't want to ruin the game and that you know Richie's not like that but Richie did go to get retribution and he went to take Barrett out now Richie didn't mean to do an elbow because I've done this in football as well when you go to take a lad out and you don't get the connect that you want sometimes you might leave your elbow out to, to maybe yeah, get something yeah, on him yeah. and Barrett was bending down now there's no question that I think Richie tried to elbow him in the side of the head he didn't yeah. but he did yeah. do you know but what I mean so it's a, like it's very unfortunate but it's a red I, I I think it's a very valid point I think anyone that's played you know hurling football know that uh, Carl Barrett was a sitting, sitting duck on the sideline yeah. you're going as hard as you can and Carl Barrett's quick feet moved him out of the way, out of the way. Yeah, other than yeah. that it was a shoulder short and as you said your elbow does come up and it's it's just the way you're trying to generate force yeah. to try and shoulder That's it. it's not that you're leading with a high no, elbow no, no. I think there's a and Henry tried there. to make that point on the actual Sunday game yesterday on the half time because I went in to listen to it and he was making a point it wasn't a, four, a frontal elbow it was he caught him kind of with the forearm Mm. as he's going by and that's as the natural elbow will go up after but it doesn't change the fact that he did catch him you know and we can make all those points the the sending off was the right decision in in my eyes but then you know, I'm not a hurling person, so no one's going to take my opinion. No, on no, it. I, I think Willie, look, there's a human, human element in it as well. Richie Hogan has gone through a huge amount of injuries over the last couple of years, and was actually, you know, had his knee strapped going out in the field and that. And you no, know, every hurling person feels for him, and f- certainly feels for him this morning. Has given a huge amount of entertainment to all of us over the years, and has been, you no, know, simply a brilliant, brilliant player. Um, but you know, we we can sort of sort of judge in the in the grey area here. I know what Brian is saying and I fully agree with that but you know yesterday was a little bit more than that I thought it was a little bit clearer than that um, I think we all really really fell for him but we've got to have some sort of rules to go with and look the referees have a tough enough job um, and you know I think yesterday he probably did make the right decision it is a very very tough call and, and I don't disagree with what Brian Cody said as well you know it took a little little time to, to look at it it might bring in something else Willie that might be interested in looking at that you know may ver- you may very well be able to give somebody a red card and that period, a temporary red card until somebody in in you know upstairs gets a look at it and look if there was no contact made or if it's quite clearly not a red card and I mean it would need to be very clear. Well, then maybe allow somebody back on the field or something like that. I don't know. Can you not just like flash it on the big screen and give the referee an opportunity? But that's a, it's, it's it's actually disgraceful that you pay ninety euros and you, and can't, you can't see, see a replay yeah, of it. I agree incident. with that, and I, I, and I saw understand. that point made this morning as well. It's terrible. It's very bad. It's and really I, I, I disagree with that, guys. I disagree with that for hurling. Absolutely disagree with this for hurling lads. Um, I, I think that'd be fine for football or something else. Um, there are unintentional blows that can happen in hurling that you just don't want to be shown to 80,000 people, guys, I think. And I, I probably would disagree with that. I, I, I'm not too sure that yeah, there's, a, there's a better way of doing it. There's even innocuous challenges and they won't show replay. They show replay of hardly anything yeah. outside mm. of and a this goal. Is it, or and you're, you're paying your 90 euros, you said, to go to an Ireland or, or whatever. And you're coming out of match. You don't know what's happened. Yeah. You know, you're, yeah. you're trying, obviously, your you're, you're social media or not will work with your phone because you know the, the phone lines are jammed or whatever so you can't actually get it up in your yeah. phone to see what's happened either so no it's beyond frustrating yeah. that you're at the match and you're not sure what's yeah. happened you're trying to text home to someone what happened there yeah. you know yeah so. no it's true did you see Cody and Sheedy going at it on 70 minutes yeah. you would have got a good view of that yeah. Brian you were just in front of look, me look I think what happened there was Sheedy was really animated you know he was Cody was in on the field yeah but like it was Sheedy was like you know they were going down the home stretch that they had it won but he still he was driving it and he was you know he was 
jumping and lepping and he was down like kind of in a sumo squat for a long time as well like he was obviously chat. massively invested in it <laughs> and Cody didn't like it and was you know, that they it? had words now they had like yeah. you know now they didn't get up in each other's face or anything like a lot of people the play was still going on a lot of people as you like mightn't have seen it I, I'm glad you copped it but um yeah, I'd say Cody didn't like you know the, the carry on but look they went over and shook hands after it's part of the, it's part Did of the sport it, but it was actually funny because I was watching them because there was three minutes announced and that's when it caught my eye that they were mm. mouthing at each other and I ha- didn't cop how it started and then I went I wonder will they shake hands because it was weird Cody was five yards in on the field I'd never seen that before and no one had the balls to tell yeah, him the to get off <laughs> <laughs> nobody was near him. him no he was just left there in on the field yeah. and it was a bit bizarre and so then when the final whistle went Sheedy called over Tommy Dunn Darry Egan and Eamon O'Shea was down yeah. a little bit and they all hugged and Cody walked out in the field a little bit and he was looking over and then I was thinking will Cody give up now and tell him like, and then Sheedy after the hug walked out in the field congratulated a player or two now he still hadn't entertained Cody at this stage yeah. and Cody walked down and followed him he had to chase him he that's right him. Yeah, so he, he had actually, to chase him to he get actually him, yeah. followed Sheedy hugged two or three players and then Sheedy turned around and noticed him and it wasn't a big embrace now it was a quick no. handshake and then good luck no. but I thought that was a big mark of Cody after having words with him losing an all-around final cheddar and actually fo- being the incredibly successful manager he was and he still followed Sheedy around. Uh, I, I think we should make a little bit too much of that. Um, we looked there very emotional at times um, and, you know, after winning an All-Ireland, you know, what do you expect, um, I suppose, Liam Sheedy to be like? Of course, he's going to be emotional after that. Um, and, you know, probably on the sideline, you're pent up for a long time <laughs> and, you know, suddenly you've, you've won, particularly in the way that they have won. So I wouldn't read too much into it. And I think it is a mark of Brian Cody. He's always been always been like that on the field. You know, why are we surprised about something like that? He's just simply doing what he's been doing for 20 years and he's simply a gentleman on the field and off mm-hmm. it. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't just simply expect anything else. And I know Brian himself would be, wouldn't expect anything else either. Yeah, any credit yeah. for that. Hmm? What's the story with Kilkenny when they lose finals, Brian? When they lose finals, they get Hammered. Yeah, Outside hammers, of 99, yeah. mm. they've lost them in 04 to Cork, they've lost it a tip in 2010, tip in 16, now tip in 19, and they've been bet out the gate in all of those matches. Yeah, when, when they ran away from them, look, I think yesterday, though, obviously, the, the, the sending off had a big bearing on that, and you know, the extra man tip used it so well, and the, the game ran away from Kilkenny very, very quickly, and the, you know, launching this long high ball as sort of the nuts to monkeys, you know, so it just wasn't going to, to, to work at all, and tip the space they were able to create up front the way they were spraying the ball around and they put them to the sword very quickly so look I don't know I think that's just sometimes the way games can go I don't I don't read much into that now it's a weird I mean? stat without yeah, having a, weird, a reason for exactly, it exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah because they've turned around losing positions against Galway Cheddar it's not like when it goes against them they yeah. can't come back or Cody can't rescue it you know yeah. I was half thinking can you make a case for that and then you're thinking of finals oh. where they turned it a, a, a losing situation around so that's yeah. not even it's just I, a, I think so matches though it, it does make a difference um, only like you know the way it play um, and the way to create space and that you know having an, ex- an, an extra body or not having a, um, an extra player with you um, will cause your problems and you know yeah. Kenny wanted to play in the face yesterday and you know wanted to be very intensive right throughout the match and just having that you know having a player less to do that in other words having a position vacant as such you know was always going to hurt them um, look there was other reasons as well we might talk about it later on but you know sometimes it's just the context of the game the way the game goes and particularly the opposition Tipperary have probably the most skillful set of players um, on any team around at the minute and you know you give them space to play and they will really hurt you they won't even give you the ball 
Um, and you know, so once they have that space to play, then it looks like that they're so far ahead of of, of, of the, uh, the other team. Um, but it's it is a bit unusual, like you know. And I think Tipperary, you know, could have put another couple of points in the board yesterday, and could have put another maybe goal or two in the board yesterday as well. That you know might have made the final score line look even worse. Yeah, and it's a gas that now since '09, it's three all and a draw between Tip and Kilkenny. Yeah. And like Kilkenny had the the, the vast uh, upper hand on all those meetings, but in finals. It's three three in a draw, which is incredible for yeah. like in an era. And Sheedy made some <coughs> comment about instead of Tipperary fans always going back to the sixties. Now, how mm. about talking about this yeah. decade? Who's put it up to Kilkenny? The, the weird one in the build up I found was that Tipperary w- wiped the floor with Kilkenny in two thousand sixteen. You know, Shamey went to town. He, he got nine points in play, and, and Bubbles and, and John McGraw all went to town. You know, they cleaned them out that day. But the build up to the game was very much like, oh, Kilkenny are going to dog Tipperary out of it. You know, it was kind of like it was it was like, you know, Tipperary were being the hunters. You know, when it was you know it was the other way around. And Tip like they really thrive on on backing themselves and and, and being confident type of hurlers. And I think yeah. obviously Sheedy and Eamon O'Shea had no small part in that as well. The confidence in those players, you could see that like to tap into that definitely what about, what about Hawkeye lads because this is getting beyond the joke now we were joking when Hogan picked that over the over the bar we went uh, kind of just laughing about imagine Hawkeye came again and all of a sudden then <laughs> Owens blows up the rest lads is this a glitch in Hawkeye because that didn't look over it again no. no more than the other one is Hawkeye able to uh um, you know, identify ones over the bar. And another thing, if you have a goalie that's six foot five that's able to catch it over the bar, should you not say that's not a point? He's just done something that's really, really difficult to, you know what I mean, to do. Should it, should Hawkeye be taken out of that? That if you're able to catch it over the bar, you'll never catch it that far over the bar. Um, I was chatting to, to Ken Hogan after, you know, the, he's the father, father of yeah. Brian, and he said he was chatting to Brian after, and Brian's convinced, absolutely convinced he, he had no way it was over the bar and he was actually questioning now I, I don't know the truth in this but he was just questioning is he, was he wondering if like because his fist hit off the crossbars or something you know tipping it off right. or something you know so it was a strange yeah. one my issue and it was the same and we at this point the last time we don't get to see the proper camera angle yeah you know if his fist hit the crossbar well then it couldn't have gone over yeah. could it no, unless it was the way down on the yeah. way back down. That's what I'm saying, like you know, and the rule is supposed to be the whole ball has to be over and, and all that. So you know, it's it's a, mm. it's a great area again. Yeah, no, definitely. And he went up with the stick then for the next one. Did yeah. you see that? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not taking. He had the, the time though. He had the time to do that in the second half because there, there was he could obviously quick look. He could see that there was no one bearing down top of him, so he was able to put the hurl up instead. Right. What do you think, Cheddar? No, I thought yesterday it, it didn't look it. Um, I thought the one um, a week ago did look at the you know, and I think. Um, I think he said that last night himself. I think Brian said that last night himself that his hand did or his his wrist did touch the crossbar um, in in the semi final, and you know it starts to suggest that your hands is is back that you've caught the ball, you know, somewhat over the bar. But yesterday, certain didn't look it. He actually looked to be maybe a foot in front of the goal when he was actually jumping for it. So it just didn't look it. But um, and and I don't know that the the technical you know how how it works technically and that but I'm assuming that it's you know it's fairly robust way of, of measuring whether the ball went over the bar or not and maybe, maybe no harm actually if the GA come out and actually explain that I think they need to yeah, yeah I agree but the, but the weird yeah. thing is when it shows up on the big screen is that it shows as if the ball's after going about three foot oh yeah, yeah way, you know, over, way yeah. over the bar yeah. it's like yeah. no that di- clearly didn't happen that's why you, you know? wonder is it a glitch or not like mm. or is it just not able to do that we've asked um, the GA for confirmation yeah. uh, about that we haven't got the information uh, back before we came on am air am I right in the semi-final that it did show that that it did show the hand sort of going over the bar as such no we didn't really no, get a conclusive no, okay. uh, camera yeah. angle of okay. that either but it, just before we get into Shamey here he was actually pulled down for a penalty in the first yeah. half and that was a bizarre decision that was a yeah. cop out by yeah. Owens certain wasn't it penalty. certain penalty no doubt about it. but where was he yeah. thinking 
that this wasn't this wasn't a penalty yeah. it's an impossible call yeah no to me now look it was, it was an amazing build up as well because Shamey um, I think it was John McGrath was bearing down on goal or someone and, and Shamey took it off him he rose it up and caught it and went, and went forward and clearly fouled within within the large parallelogram for me definite penalty but you know for some reason he obviously he gave the free instead yeah but it's a weird one uh, Cheddar obviously yeah. it didn't have a bearing on the game the way it yeah. turned out but at that time Tipper 4-1 down no, it certainly looked it certainly looked a penalty. Um and look it was pretty clear cut. I don't think there was any no. any issues around that. Um so you know, I think yeah, that should have been a penalty. Yeah, okay. Listen, well I was out in the Clayton Hotel and we're talking about Shamie Callanan, I caught up with him, who's actually an absolutely huge man. Mm. He must be six foot four. I can't it's get five. over how t- six five. Christ almighty mm. and he mm. got a goal in every game this year and here that is Jamie how's the head today? Good yeah good um, before, like, la- last night was just complete excitement and he wanted to soak in every moment so he didn't want to miss a trick so um, yeah look it's great it's a great place to be waking up this morning Yeah, is that how you're getting a little bit older now you're able to sit back and enjoy these days rather than going mental you look fresh yeah I think so yeah I think you kind of, I suppose, when you come to this stage of your career, you're kind of you're savoring the moment, really, and you're trying to make sure you remember everything. I suppose to have those memories for your lifetime. Like, so, <laughs> Are you yeah. saying you remember nothing of the other two? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. No. What, uh, what's your memories of the game, anyways? Like, I mean, it, it was in the first half. It looked like you were in trouble. Yeah, they went. I think it was eight points to five up there at one stage, and they were doing an awful lot of hurling. Like, and suppose the conditions in were very poor as well for yeah. for periods of the first half. But um, we kind of just. You know, we tipped away. We got a few frees. I think they kept us in the game when we weren't really in our flow and hurling like so. Um, it just kept us in the game. And I suppose look, the sending off then was was unfortunate then as well. Like, but um, you know, that's I suppose all we could we could do at that stage was just stick to our process and yeah. and kick on again. Like, so. But, like I mean, you you were starved of possession for the first twenty minutes nearly. Like, are you thinking like when is this going to turn around? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we weren't. I suppose we weren't using the ball the way we wanted to use it or the way we had planned to use the ball. And um, I think I suppose it's probably down to the pressure to kick any guys putting on There's our backs pressure, here like, yeah. to be fair so um, but I suppose we just had to stick to it and I suppose the first 10 minutes of the second half kind of showed when we when we worked the ball quicker uh, you know we kind of blitzed them there I suppose but um, yeah like that's it like we kind of our play we carried a lot of ball really when maybe we should have been trying to move it quicker and, yeah. yeah but the second half was a complete contrast then you were getting a load of ball in under the Cusick stand you know breaking out there and it was just a different game altogether yeah it was like you know um, probably 10 minutes into the second half there you know my tongue was out a bit like I was getting so much ball <laughs> but, um, ball, yeah. yeah yeah I was giving out about in the first half and when I was getting it then I was, you know but um, look that's the way games ebb and flow too like so um, yeah look we were just delighted I suppose that we were able to kick on and we made a good start to the second half and, um, and we were able to kick on from there like so What was said at half time then because the, the man had gone down but that had worked against Wexford against G Yeah and, and you know what that was kind of something that I suppose we learned ourselves really that we, um, we we knew what that brought out of us in the semi-final when we were a man down like so we knew that the same thing could happen for Kilkenny and actually work in their favour so we were very conscious of that at half time but um, look thankfully as I said that we got a good start in, in the first first five minutes was the second half and um, you know we never look back from there Yeah, two pieces of skill the, the goal obviously you've scored a goal in every game I back, I back to for any time goal score just to round, <laughs> off, round it off like you must be delighted with that that's never been done yeah like it's, it's not something that I'd look at or I'd, I'd be conscious of was it ever done or not but um, look yeah you did an extra be... jump for that goal now yeah, didn't you yeah well look it's all Ireland <laughs> final day so yeah, um, true. yeah but look 
Most of any time you get them, it's you know it's huge and like obviously they're a massive score in the game. But um, look, sure, personally you'd be, you'd be delighted as well to get them. And uh, but look, as I said, anything anything we can do to contribute to a temporary victory, you know that's the special yeah. part. Of it. Surely you'll win Player of the Year this year now. <laughs> I don't know. That's, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's not my destiny. I'd say at this stage. But um, look, well, uh, we're after having a great year anyway. No matter what happens from now on. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. been great. We should be really pissed off this time. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be grudge any, any temporary advice in any way. <laughs> so here, finally, the ball to bubbles. That was champagne stuff at that stage. Because there was a point on there for you, Shamey, and you, you, you chose not to take it. You'd gone around queue at that stage, and you just bulleted one across the bubbles, and that finished the game off completely. Yeah, so, like, you know, I suppose one of our things would be, like, to make, make the best decision and give the man, like, give the ball to the man in the best position, like, at all times. So, like, if bubbles wire is free inside around the edge of the square, you give him the ball, like, and that's the same. If I was inside there, he'd give it to me as well. Like, yeah. And that's that's the way we operate, and I suppose you have to try and be that bit ruthless there. And uh, look, thankfully it worked out, but you know you have to really go for it in in, in these games. Yeah, because he did something similar with Jason Ford. Then he had a point on. He had gone past two fellas and stuck a bullet of a pass across the goal as well. That, those kind of passes are great to watch. Yeah, well they are because uh, look the likes of Bubbles there, Jason. These guys like they're exceptional talents. Like so, like if they get into positions and they see it, their vision is unbelievable as well. Like and uh, you know like. These lads are so good that if there's a half a goal chance on, they're going to go for it. They're going to try and work it like so. Yeah, yeah. And that's look, that's I suppose at this level, and you know, and Ireland finally, that's what you want to be doing. Yeah, come here, I won't annoy you any longer. You're off yeah. to Ch- Crumlin's Children's Hospital. What's the plan for today? Um, yeah, so going in there, uh, we're there again. I suppose in 10 and 16, and it's actually it's a wonderful morning, like, um, and it's great to be able to go in there and to meet all the kids, like, and I suppose to put, put a smile on their face for a while, and you know what I mean. So we're really looking forward to that, and then to be back to Turles, I think there'll probably be a home coming in uh, Simple Stadium and then back out to my own parish from an inch tonight. Okay, so, so back to work next week or two weeks' time, is it? Uh, we'll take this week <laughs> off and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it after that. Thanks a lot, yeah, Shami. No, thanks a million. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up now because <laughs> there's no such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. Um, but you what, didn't we, let Shami talk at a, at a hurley launch one day. Yeah, but hold on a second now. He was at a hurley launch, you know. Yeah, you know, I, there's I, a media I, ban if he can't no, talk no, about that. Absolutely not. I think you guys need to do your job. Don't depend on us guys for quotes. You know. Okay. Go but earn, he, earn your living like the rest of us. But if he's at a media day and he says to the media that I'm not allowed to talk, then right. he's obviously on a ban. Well, I think he's carrying a mixed message. Talking about Shamie Callan and lads and all his goals and his goal was a really important one because it was a draw match at that stage and Kilkenny just got the first point of the second half and he got that goal exactly when it was needed set up Bubbles' goal like you said uh, Brian when your captain is needed he did it and then you know that was easy easy streets from from then on but just, let's start with the, the first half um, like I mean it was all going according to plan for Kilkenny really wasn't it they were squeezing the life out of the game almost like Limerick they were all over the breaks they were all over Tipperary it was a wet day Tipperary were making mistakes and Kilkenny were just grinding them down and you're almost like this is a game Tip don't want to be in and Kilkenny mm. do want to be in and, and like John Donnelly had a fine game now fine 70 good, minutes yeah. in first half himself and TJ Reid really foraging back in the half back line was working really well Walter Walsh was causing a little bit of damage but there was a key switch there obviously Park Marby moved over to him yeah. and caught the very first ball then as well that came down between them and it gave Seamus Kennedy a new lease of life as well he ended up popping up the field and getting a couple of points um, so yeah it, it looked to all intents and purposes that it was going the way Kilkenny wanted it but some very 
professional and very important fouling by Tipperary stopped like a couple of real goal scoring opportunities um, you know and, and Kilkenny then obviously tapped the ball over the bar for, for points and if they had got one of those they, you know it could have been a completely different um, bearing on, on particularly obviously in the first half but we have to we, we have to talk about John McGrath's hook like oh, after yeah. two minutes like phenomenal like you know you, you expect it out of the backs the big one we always talk about was probably JJ's one and, and Jamie Callan if, you know a few 14. years ago but um, you know John McGrath to even find himself in that position the ground he met up and, and a fantastic hook in fairness because look you were just waiting for the net to, to, to billow like you know you were so like, uh, John McGrath started wing forward they made a good few changes up front John McGrath went wing forward Niall Amaro went to centre forward Ford went into the corner and Bubbles went in at full forward now Ford came out and left Bubbles and Shamey mm. in on their own now that didn't work Bubbles ended up coming back out Cheddar because they were completely starved of possession because Kilkenny had dominated the first 20 minutes of the game um, y- yes but uh, actually I don't, I don't think it was just um, a reactionary move um, Willie. they moved pretty regular uh, um, particularly at 11 they kept changing players um, at 11 and I think it you know, might confuse the Kilkenny defence a little bit it just wasn't a reaction to something although they did change uh, you know Tommy Dunn was in the field an awful lot um, and made a lot of changes including the one that Brian was saying there um, but I think that was you know one of the things that served Tip well particularly in the forwards they moved some players around the field um, just after certain plays so that was just something they had pre-planned but equally they, they, they did it they did it strategically as well they did move some players to different positions and all of them worked for them and brought their players back into the, into the game I think in, in the forward line Yeah Kenny just looking at them in the flesh especially in the first half they're a pretty defensive team Brian like it, it wasn't too far off Wexford like I mean Richie Hogan and Mullen you'll find out in the half forward line tackling Colin Fenley inside the only man left inside the 45 with acres of space and they're squeezing that middle third that's but Wexford this is the way Kilkenny have hurled for, yeah. for all the time but under, under Brian Cody but Owen Larkin in, in particular would have been renowned for that you know foraging back Shefflin if he was at centre forward hunting back into the, into that and the midfielders tend to sit back now they will drive forward obviously like they've always been capable of putting big scores up but that has always tended to be their, their, their way of playing the game and we, we discussed this I think this is what they did against Cork in particular they went back to being Kilkenny you know we talked about Conor Fogarty dropping back narrowing that space that Cork got in the initial first 5 or 10 minutes and I think that was the, t- the time that we saw Kilkenny go back to being themselves whereas I found in the Leinster final it was completely dictated by Wexford and they went almost very un-Kilkenny like and they went whatever man for man and, and left huge gaps so I, I thought that's what Kilkenny tried to do for large periods of that game and you know I've heard a lot of people say it and, and I've slipped into it myself oh, it looked like Tip were going to win that game you just never know it was such a tight game in that first half I know the weather had, had, a, had a big effect on that and, and I appreciate the Nile Amara's game changed um, you know the way Tipperary started to hurl you could see the belief starting to come back into him but at the same time there was a point in it at half time if there had been 15 against 15 it was the way Kilkenny wanted it it was a dog fight so you just never know what way it went no you never know but look it it definitely is hard to know but we talked about this last week what the Kilkenny half back line would do but for Kilkenny puck outs the Tipperary half forward line foraged on into midfield and not one of the three cheddar was following on following on after for puck outs they seemed to be following them in general play but for puck outs the other Kilkenny forwards came out met them and Colin Fenley was left on his own inside it was it was funny watching that. Yeah, no, there was there was some really interesting thing uh, on the plays, I suppose. 
Um, look, when you pull out your your half hour line, that gives an opportunity then to the opposition half back line. We spoke about this last week here of really sprinting forward with the ball in in, in your hand, and you know you you could see uh, um, you know tip half backs doing it some of the times coming up the field. They're, they've already gained twenty meters on you. They're in scoring area, and particularly Tipperary, you know one thirty meter um, ping pass to the hand, and somebody's in scoring area. I mean, I think the score is something like thirty or forty percent of their scores outside of their own sixty five, outside of the sixty five, some of it outside midfield, and they have that range um, and I, I, I just think that look it's very surprising about Kilkenny I mean we spoke about Colin Fennelly and I've seen him I've seen Kilkenny hurl almost all of their games this year and it's surprising some of the times that they don't clear more space in front of Colin and you know make um, you know plays in front of him that he can actually win and then feet win running forwards and that they always seem to it's always a competitive ball that they seem to play into Colin and you know he's got to wrestle with a back and maybe maybe a corner back coming in and top him as well they don't seem to link up that yeah. play and open up the space as much clearly there was very very different way of playing by Kilkenny yesterday than Tipperary and that you know Brian may very well be right that's just because you know Tipperary had the tails up at that stage and was working for them but even I, I think Brian in the first in the first 15-20 minutes even though Kilkenny were, you know, were outscoring them and bear in mind Kilkenny missed some shots at that stage I mean Walter missed a poor pint mm. maybe missed a goal as well definitely missed a goal yeah, yeah. He, and he, he hesitated there he actually got a very soft free that time he hesitated yeah, and we, came we, back. we spoke about this um, off air yeah like Walter to me, at a certain goal scoring opportunity, if he had more trust in his left hand side, you yeah, know, he, he, back in he came back inside and got a very dubious free. And then, as you said, he got another chance where he 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 showed great pace for a big man and had a poor wide um, on his left hand side. So he should have had a little bit more. Certainly, yeah. Could, sorry, and, and, and there could have been a little bit more further ahead. Is the point uh, Brian yeah. that you were making earlier on? I mean, Richie Richie missed a, a point as well. Very easy one. Yeah, he scored in his sleep. But even during that that play, I just thought that Tipperary's use of the ball and the way they were able to change the direction of the ball was still evident then. And they were clearing the 15, they were clearing a lot of space at the old 15 spot and, and you know, allowing Jamie to run into that. It might not work for them, but it was going to work for them as the game went on. And the other thing that I thought was significant was that their they're picking they're picking the pass uh, through the lines and particularly to hand um, in the middle third was far better than Kilkenny's so they were going to retain possession and not give it away and of course once they went the extra man that really told at that stage Yeah, it's interesting with Colin Fennelly in that he can bully certain players he couldn't bully Mara and after that then he was a bit, little bit one dimensional like he he, he I don't. I don't. Don't want to keep bringing in football analogies, but like I mean, if you start the game and you pass one or two off, and then you take on your man, you'll get much more joy than if you take him on the first three times because he's waiting for. You know what I mean? I think yeah. Fenley just tries to take him on too, and not just take him on. Bulldoze past him. Yeah, you won't do that with Ronamar. No, you certainly won't. And look, Ronamar going to full back has has cemented that temporary defence. He did yeah. in the All Ireland semi final, obviously against Wexford, and I thought he was excellent again yesterday. But like, because I, I wrote it down, obviously doing the analysis yesterday in the forty second minute. Like I know it was after the two goals going in for tip but Kilkenny started to launch ball you know yeah. so it was, it was a long way out to, to start going with desperation hurling you know it's yeah. just launching high ball after high ball after high ball and at one stage they had TJ Colin Fenley and Walter Walsh just camped in around the 21 I was like they're not going to get it especially because Tipperary had the sweeper there you know they had the mm. extra man Carl Barrett was picking up so the boys were fairness to tip lads they were either catching it themselves or they were breaking it down holding off the man as you mm. expect and, and Barrett was sweeping in around and, yeah. and they won any of that breaking ball around there and it was there was no way they were going to work it was going to take something extraordinary to, to work a goal in that situation and yeah. even not even that like the odd ball would go in high when TJ went in there and when Carl Barrett went off Paulie Marr went with the sweeper so mm. the two Mars were on TJ when he went in he had yeah, no chance no chance but and still, of, in fairness still he snapped still one or two yeah. 
yeah. He was. I thought TJ was brilliant. Some yeah. of the things he did yesterday were brilliant. But it was even incredible, Cheddar, how much ball they actually hit straight to Barrett, not even over him to mm, get, yeah. for him to get the break, yeah. just straight onto I mean, him. Paddy Deegan had a fantastic game. He, you know, massive effort from him. Um, but you'd, you'd say that the final distribution was poor at times, and actually Paddy's quite good at that. When you know when Paddy's hurling his head's always open, he's trying to trying to pick the pass through the lines. Um, but you know they just hit balls to the spare man. And it's been a little bit, I suppose, as, as I said earlier on, I've seen Kilkenny play a good bit. And, you know, their variation of how to distribute the ball up the field. And, you know, we're talking about Kilkenny here. They're the masters of hurling and have been doing this for years. But just simply this year, their variation on, on how they work the ball up the field, particularly the hand, um, probably told against them yesterday and they didn't have it. And I agree with Brian, you know, OK, you might have said, well, look, the sweeper's out in the end of the deal. Let's clear the sweeper and put it in high over his head and take him out of the game. Um, but he, he just needs to step back you know five metres put the ball to the floor mop it up and take it back out again and I think at that level you probably just need to have you know much different ways of playing and if you look at Tipperary uh, sometimes they work the ball out of the defence I mean I said earlier on you know Noah McGrath taking three or four puck outs on his own 20 his next was it maybe a 30 metre hurley pass to somebody maybe in the half back line might have drilled it to somebody free in the middle of the field and that and they pinged it over the bar that type of hurling you know Kilkenny needed to vary I suppose what they were doing to you know to, to force Tipperary out of the just a safe way of playing in the square you can just pack your defence knock the ball on the floor jump on it and work it out the field and look you're not going to score goals um, yeah. and I, I just thought at the time very unlikely Kenny there were 8 or 9 points down but that's not a lot in hurling uh, particularly to good teams and I thought they had chances to knock over points that could have brought it back to 4 or 5 and worry Tipperary a little bit and you know maybe a goal goes in then and it's a, di- it's a different game whereas they went for the juggler they went for goals really early on I thought and I didn't think that they needed to Yeah I, I, I don't think this was unlike Kilkenny because we actually saw this happen in the Leinster final as well That's true. when it got yeah. into the melting pot you know they inexplicably went for goals instead of tipping over their points and it showed that day they got enough opportunities to draw the game that day so I think Kilkenny went back to their, to their usual way of hurling that they've done for the last decade or, or so and obviously they were hugely successful and look I've also hurled on teams and I'm sure you have as well Cheddar where you know you, you have big men inside and you know they can win ball and you, it's, as I said it becomes desperation hurling and the guys inside were probably just as culpable in that they weren't moving you know no, they weren't creating they were those calling for yeah, the they were calling for the, that's what I'm saying where the three boys came in and they were you know getting camped in there so the, their, their movement inside wasn't good either and look as I said the game probably had gone away from anyway but Cheddar's 100% right they needed to move the ball through the lines try and pick points from you know 40-50 metres out and, and get two or three in quick succession and get it back in get the crowd behind you again and get it back into a, a battle whereas in fairness to Tipperary they kept it at that 7, 8, 9 points all it's just you can't break down that out they answered every Kilkenny point with a point of their own you know mm. Kilkenny never got two or three to yeah. at least make yeah. it look or not. it didn't but, seem but to but just the point of making the Willie that I, I just thought in all of the games this year that they didn't really vary that uh, you know an awful lot that the, you know the, the Winning of the ball off the half back line or the midfield, that next shot, you know, invariably is it going into a competitive ball. And Brian, you make the point about players' movement and that, but if that's the way you're normally used to mm. playing and you're not practicing that in training and yeah. so on and so on, well, look, it's not going to happen on the day. You cannot switch that on, you know, 20 minutes from the end of an All Ireland or something like that. Um, so I, I just think, look, it's something, you know, who are we to tell um, any anybody from Kenny, you know, in terms of the little tweaks that, that might they might look at or or, or whatever. Uh, but I think the definitely 
definitely have the hurlers to play that game. And I'm just going back to that uh, Colin Fennelly, um, you know, a full forward. He's the ideal player to play off of that type of ball. Leave space around him. He's very, very quick. He's an incredible man at securing that type of possession and then have movement coming off of that. Um, you know, uh, Brian just mentioned a minute ago, I just think, didn't think that the Kilkenny players worked hard enough to create space to put ball into to really drag tip defence around the place. It's easy for a defence to play up and down the field, particularly with, you know, the quality that they have in their, in, in their back line. One other little thing that I think set Tipperary, I think the Tipperary defence won the game yesterday. And if it was to look back on on the you know the last two or three months of and I've seen Tip play a couple of times as well. It, it, I suppose it's the security of their defence and certainly when you know when they brought back some players uh, I'm just thinking of Barry Heffernan in, in, in particular I've seen him play a couple of times last year a wing back and whereas he was a nice stick man and played nicely he's a much much more aggressive harder hurler this year and, and was in the semi-final as well and bear in mind some of these have only just got their place since the semi-final but what I really liked about him yesterday when they won the ball they were sprinting out of the defence they were like they were like sprinters coming out with the ball out of defence and they'd have, they'd have a couple of options in terms of pop in the past to somebody coming out as well I don't know how many times Parry Mara came out and just gave a hand pass to somebody and that next pass was a real telling one Oftentimes, you know led to a long range score and they just had that ability to do that and look the extra man did did you know, play a part in that, but I just think that Tip's defence were a very different type of defence and playing in a very different way than they have for the last couple of months. Yeah, and like obviously the, the Tip defence were were defending predictable high ball, mm. and the Kilkenny defence had to deal with good ball. And yeah. like I mean, it, the, the the obvious thing, like Shane McCallan. Like when Noel McGrath or John McGrath get on it, it's going in down into that corner, right? Yeah. And Shane McCallan's going out yes. to it. And like I mean, Kilkenny had no plan like that. But Tipperary seems so obvious a two-man full forward line and gives Shane plenty of room on one side. He's been doing this yeah. since 2014. He's he's oh, done it to JJ. He cleaned out Joey Holden, who didn't mark him ever again, even though Holden did all right on bubbles. But like I mean, it's obvious what Tip are doing. They're trying to hit that space either side of Callan and they're looking for their leader to, to work off him. And Tip did it really well. Like, in, instead of obviously bringing out a third midfielder or an extra defender, you know, wh- whoever that other corner forward was, sometimes it was John McGrath, as, as Cheddar said, sometimes it was Jason Ford. They came out around the D and, you know, tried to clog up Park Walsh. Because, uh, you know, you expect Park to sit into the pocket. Niall Amar was running everywhere, trying to keep Park Walsh kind of thinking as well. So they were really creating, you know, they were making Kilkenny think and while at, at the same time creating that space inside and I think Cheddar's right it didn't really work in the first half but the conditions were the, got a little bit got to do that and the work rate of the Kilkenny forward yeah. it's obviously filtering back and they didn't allow good ball to go in only occasionally but um, you know obviously when the floodgates opened up uh, you know you could see their movement inside his top class like it would be an absolute joy to hurl in that oh it would like. it would and uh, it's very hard to stop them when they get yeah. in that groove yeah, and here's one other little point that we were just speaking about defenders um, when you have that mobility in the forward line you generally speaking don't have two or three backs in the in the play area or where the ball is to offer support to the man in possession to come off the shoulder and that because you're being run around the field whereas when you knock the ball long and just straight up the lines you know it's easy to defend it's easy to swarm that ball coming down and have you know support players coming off the shoulder which is what Tipperary had you put the ball down the throat that's what you'll see if the defence are on top they'll be able to take the ball out of the defence and now they're in possession and if they have the quality in the hands that Tip have they're able to pick the pass to hand up the field and you look at the amount of, amount of points they score from midfield long range in the second half you'd even have back sprinting up the field and lashing balls over the bar yeah they were very good we have to talk the Nilo Mara goal lads Jesus I had to feel sorry for poor Fogarty like I mean he was turned inside out yeah like 
it, it, uh, Niall O'Mara reminded me of Stephen O'Brien from Kerry you know these lads who do the minute he had Fogarty turned Fogarty was in all sorts of trouble because every time Fogarty turned around to see where he was he, he changed his direction side, he yeah. the other side and it was like and then Fogarty looked the other way and he went he went three times to come back onto his right hand side mm. and that's not that easy to do as you're running at that full speed to be watching where he you know to be turning him inside and out that was as good a goal that's been scored in an all or the final I reckon definitely and from you know, it, it was going to be from someone different as well with Niall. Like, Niall, I've, I've read an amazing stat yesterday. Like, he's only nine points ever scored in Championship Hurling. He'd only a point scored this year, and nearly certain that was in the first round against Parky, uh, against Cork and Parky Cueve. So, it's not like he was bringing a huge um, scoring threat, yeah. to, but he's obviously bringing something different. You know, his he's movement, his selflessness, obviously, set up Shamey's goal in the, in the semi final. But as you said, he turned inside out. And most importantly, though, he got back on his favourite right-hand side. That was the big thing. Yeah. You know, everyone favours one side over the other. And, and for him to get back on his right side, hit it low into the bottom corner. We've been saying this time and time again. Um, you know, it gives the keeper like very little chance when it goes low and especially in that greasy surface because it was really greasy at that, at that stage of the game after the, the big downpour so you know he did exactly what you want from any dangerous forward If you're going to be any bit critical Conor Fogarty should he have known Amara's strong side is, is his right and not sell him not have gone back that you know have mm. have kept his run covering that side at least Cheddar That's all about footwork um, at that stage you know the pace that they're going at um, you know it would take a lot to be able to change the feet that quickly and look he could turn on the other side as well and, and, and pop a pass or something like that I just think the game would be going so quickly at that stage it'd be very very difficult to, to change your feet I think there's a couple of other things um, Uli that's worth discussing as well look the sending off was before half time um, so you had a time, chance to get into the dressing room and, re- and rearrange things and certainly for the puck outs I just was, was just surprised that Kilkenny went long with a lot of the puck outs some of these things are restarts you know you have control when you yeah. have control you're expected to you know use that to your advantage um, and even the puck outs just seem to go along and you know that that's fine if the send off was second half you just mightn't have a chance to reorganise things but they did and I just think the other thing that I was surprised about I was expecting Conor Brown to be on to be on Noel McGrath and just simply play in his face and make it very aggressive on him um, because he's, he's, he's you know he's a tighter marker and a more aggressive player maybe than Killian is Killian, Killian will, will hurt you with his own hurling and that um, and you know there was a, I was surprised with a couple of things now look it's very easy to say that on the sideline you know obviously Kenny would have done a huge amount of preparation and that and they may very well have said well look Killian is more athleticism than Noel has so you know his athleticism will get the better of Noel eventually you know so there, there, there's pros and cons for all of these things uh, but I certainly thought that at half time till Kenny Puckout would have been used better and just simply not knock it down on top of extra men Yeah and am- amazingly going into the game Kilkenny's um, success rate for Puckouts was higher than Tipperary's it was 65% as opposed to Tipperary's 60% and that obviously comes from the fact that Kilkenny changed it up over the last couple of games they weren't afraid to go short they weren't always going long but I think it dropped something as low as 30% in yesterday's game you know Tipperary wiped the floor with them in terms of their puck out strategy Brian Hogan went short with a lot of them they were all retained <coughs> Kilkenny dropped off the full back line yeah they were like yeah, they yeah. almost gave him that and he took it yeah, but in and fair he can't drop Tipper- off Ronan Maher he uses the ball too easily mm. so, or too well so yeah. I don't know why but they were doing that but to be fair to Tipperary they did exactly what you want from your players they, they hit the touch line the two cornerbacks hit the, hit, hit the sideline you know Cottle Barrett was making himself ill and they were even doing that in the first half they were doing that in the first half in, in the 15 side and you know Kilkenny obviously were trying to, to, to you know have their hurls up and try and narrow space and mark space as opposed to the, the men themselves but uh, you know f- full credit to Tipperary they were very disciplined from that perspective because you know yourself Cheddar you, you 
you've been manager and you're, you're trying to coach your players to do it but to continually do it in, in the white heat of battle you know it's full credit to them you know that they, they were switched on all the time yeah, Brendan Cummins has a stat on those puckouts Cheddar I was just about to get to it so Kilkenny puckouts when they went down to 14 men so they hit two short puckouts and they won both of them and they went long 23 times and they only won five of them mm, so yeah. you're right Brian they were under they were at 28% yeah. madness mm. uh, look it, 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 particularly when you had a chance to reorganise it as I say yeah. look, sometimes these things happen in the second half or maybe 20 minutes from the end and, and you know everybody's emotional and, and, and on the line and everywhere else and you might just have a chance to reorganise but at that level um, you probably would you know you'd need to have all of those things well worked out in advance and you, you, you would work the what ifs if we're a man down you know what happens um, so you know, I'm, I'm just surprised at that. And look, like Kenny have the players to play that out through it as well. And I just thought that you know, at that particular time, um, you know, I take the point um, because if this could have worked the other way when they put TJ inside and put their you know their big players inside and they had to score two or three goals. Well, look, we'd be talking something differently now. We'd say it was a master stroke. So you know, sometimes this can work the other way. But I just thought at the time there was plenty of time left in the game. They were a man down. They needed to 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 win the, the middle third and to put some doubt in Tipperary and knock over a couple of points which they were well capable of doing. And to do that, they needed TJs to sort of free man around the middle and, and, and to pop over those pints. And then, you know, maybe coming down the straight, bring it down to four or five pints. And as Brian was saying, get the crowd behind you and, and uh, you know, put a little bit of doubt and tip backs and so on and so on and then go for it. I just thought they went for a little bit earlier. But actually, Brian is right. Um, in the Leinster final, that was the same thing actually played out. And I suppose I'm saying, Brian, that over the long number of years looking at Kilkenny, it's a little bit untypical for them. They normally get these things really, really right. The timing of putting players in, in key positions to go for the juggler is nearly always spot on um, whereas j- just yesterday I thought they panicked a little bit and went for goals way way too early when they didn't need to Yeah, a- another young man obviously very unfortunate yesterday Adrian Mullen obviously there, there was a lot yeah. of big furore yes. yesterday morning uh, it broke on Twitter obviously that you know he wasn't going to be playing he wasn't right though no he wasn't no. right you know, and I feel sorry for him because you know, he's only 19 yeah. I hope he was oblivious to everything that was going on prior, prior to the game you know in the build up to it you know was he playing I heard so many different stories mm. about what was wrong with him yeah. um, but no he clearly wasn't right and look he's a we, we've eulogised about him here a few times he, he's a brilliant talent and you know Kilkenny lost that firepower up front as well because he, he, is, he has the X factor Yeah hmm. The Callan goal right so it was a draw match did you notice that there was a mix up between Paul Murphy and Parik Walsh so Paul Murphy had the easiest catch it was from a Tipperary long ball yeah. and Parik Walsh was just in front of him and I don't know was the stadium so loud you'd imagine Paul Murphy would have said leave it I have it it was a catch right to his hand at head height and Walsh went up with his hurl mm. and he knocked it into the path of John McGrath <laughs> John yeah. McGrath or Ford and then Ford gave it to John McGrath mm. surely Murphy called him there Cheddar or is it just a I case of pro- it, you can't hear you can't hear yeah no, so hear. Walsh kind of had to put his hurl up for it yeah mm. he, he just would have been playing he, 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 there's no way they've heard him Right, yeah. so it's just a bit of bad luck then for that one. Mm. Yeah. Right, okay. Finish up here with Cody. He's talking about how to use the ball. So obviously he was asked maybe in the press conference about the second half and he said, I'd say the use of the ball in the first half was superb when we had a player in every position, but it came very, very difficult in, in, in the second half to find the men. I, I, I take that point as well. They did give some good diagonal balls. I remember one particular one over to Walter Walsh who caught it and, you know, set up. I think someone was dragged down. Yep. They were moving it fairly well in the first half. Yeah. Um, second half, you can still do that. In fact, you should be given those good diagonal balls even more so when there, when there is a sweeper there, which makes it a little bit... Conf- a sweeper shouldn't have changed that type of play. Yeah. And going back to that, like, you know, I've, re- I've read the reports of, of Cody yesterday. Obviously, he wasn't happy in the... In the 
post match. He was tetchy yeah, about yeah, descending yeah, off. I yeah, think. you don't know. So like, look, I, I understand that, but people are entitled to ask these questions too. Like, you know, it is a, a massive talking point, and Kilkenny clearly didn't use the ball well in that second half, and you know we've continuously said that here now, and um, I I think. They probably should have learned from what happened with Wexford and Tipperary. You know, we we, we give we kind of give out of Wexford when they got into the clutch moment. They went route one instead of you know playing the ball um, intelligently like they had done up to that period. And obviously, we we talked about it already that the end of the Leinster final where they just started pumping it route one as well. So it, it seemed that they just kind of lost their way a little bit. And you know, you expect more from Kenny. You expect them to be a little bit more astute. But at the same time, that's probably. Cody is very dogged in, in his approach and, and, and believes in, in fronting up and honesty and all those sort of things which look they're a given in Intercounty Hurling Yeah just for a final word on Liam Sheedy then um, Cheddar so like what I love about Liam Sheedy is that he came in to Tipperary this year and he immediately put himself under pressure the easy thing for him to do was go look we've won another 21 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to integrate some of those young lads don't be expecting results now straight away we're going to you know get these young lads with good game time in them and we might see an All-Ireland in the, in the next three years do you know because that's the kind of nonsense time, but that yeah. is the nonsense you hear yeah. about a lot of them you buy yourself time you take the pressure off yourself he put all his chips in didn't he? He put all his chips in and trusted those lads that he knew were good enough and now he has an All-Ireland. So like, I mean, you'd have a huge amount of time for that. Yeah, but you have a full hand, you'll put all your chips in too. <laughs> <laughs> when you have a very strong hand. But like, let's be honest, these are a team that didn't get out of their group last year. There's like, Michael Ryan's a very good manager too, a likeable manager and a steely manager. And like, the analysis last year, well, Sherlock Nan analysis is they're gone. <laughs> all over 30. They're, they're all over 30, but they were over 30. And like, I, I'm not going to lie if I was a new manager coming into tip I might have looked down the road of let's move one or two of these on you know like maybe Brian Cody has done in Kilkenny I'll, I'll let Cheddar pick this one but I disagree <laughs> with you no genuinely well I'm just throwing it out there yeah um, ah, look look they're really very good players mm. um, you know it's a bit silly for this I, I they weren't good last year ah no look Willie this is a bit lazy that's a lazy comment and I think a lot of the uh, journalists are very lazy on this and they're building up Liam here Liam has a very very good team including some of the best hurlers that I've ever played with Tipperary and I've seen some fair hurlers hurl with Tipperary he knows that Liam is not a fool Liam is mm. not going into Westmead or Leash or Carlo or Antrim and turning them around into winning Leinster Championships and all Ireland's and that sort of yeah. thing he knows well what he had available to him and he also knows the connection that he has with the players um, and I'll go back to Michael Ryan Woolley because I, I, I've heard so much crap being, being said about how Liam turned this around Michael Ryan won in All-Ireland two years ago having having come in have been with that team seven or eight years I think it's a bigger achievement from what Michael Ryan did two years ago to be honest with you and 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 sustain improvement in that team and win another All-Ireland whereas Liam came in as a sort of a fresh man into it in, in, into into the team and I, I do take the point that he certainly has found some defenders they're a better team now and you know but you know who, who's going to say that you know next year Tip won't slip a little bit again you know year two and, and that sort of thing so I think there's a, a lot of lazy analysis around that by, by lots of journalists about what Liam has done to the team they well, were, good, they were well, a good team no no they were but he moved Mont- Noel McGrath to midfield he got bubbles fitter than he's ever been so like I mean there are things you know like I mean yeah, and maybe if those players were there last year maybe it's a bit of team well, well, spirit well, well, Noel McGrath played in midfield before this mm. is not new Willie mm. yeah, and I, look I think he also look you need a bit of luck as well. Carl Barrett came back into the fold. He was kind of on a, on and off the scene for the last couple of years. Got him right. Barry Heffernan's yeah. a great find. He was outstanding yeah, in been, the second half. He's been coming for a couple of years now. But he's never been on and off as well as yeah, this year. 
Yeah, yeah, but like, look, every team needs that. You know, I think Cheddar's main point is is that they, he had the mainstay of a fantastic team, and Mike, like it came out. I read it in the paper today. Michael Ryan was one of the first to ring Liam Sheedy and say, "Take that team, you'll win all Ireland with them." Sometimes, and look, and Cheddar's the man that's here as the manager. Sometimes you just come towards the end of your tenure, you're not you're not having any luck as much as anything else, and it just you yeah. know, petered out. And they were very unlucky in Munster mm-hmm. Championship last year. Like they drew with Cork. They were they were ten or ten or twelve points down at half time. That famous Sherlock Nan rant. They came back and drew with them, you know, and could have won that game. Clare, wit of a post, could would have put them through to knockout stages, and anything could have happened when Tipperary get to knockout stages, as we we seen. So I, I I take the point um, that Cheddar's making. I think Liam Sheedy knew exactly what he had. You looked at that team. You needed a couple of players definitely coming back into form. Shamey Canlan got an in or got an operation last year. He wasn't himself last year, you know. Yeah. He got him back. He got him fully fit, and I appreciate what what he did with Bubbles. Um, but look, he's an f- unbelievable talent. Getting him fit, sure, that should be a given at inter-county level. Yeah, but it hasn't seemed to have been um, a given, in fairness. Mm. He took the freeze off Callanan. He got Callanan as his real leader, yeah, as captain. That, he, he, that, made no, he made no, some good decisions. He made some good decisions. Yeah, because yeah. He, obviously he went back with Callanan. He made him the main guy again. And you know he gave him that confidence in his, in, in his ability um, to go back to the best that he was. You know, Shame he was the best forward in Ireland there for a couple of years. But he still wasn't afraid. I think that's a valid, valid point to take him off the freeze. And I think that was yeah. that was a brilliant move. Yeah, I, I, think, he, I think his his big word um, to, to to Tipperary is his ability to to um, I suppose improve the confidence of players and uh, and self improvement. I, I do take that. But sometimes, Willie, that's just simply we've had a bad year last year. Um, and bear in mind, Tipper missed three or four players in a lot of those championship matches last year uh, that, that Michael Ryan was involved with. And yet, yeah. there was, you know, uh, Brian has just explained there was only a pint in it. And sometimes you can come out of a year like that and then come in the following year with just simply a fresh management and, you know, everything just falls into place for you. Um, and, you know, I just don't want to underplay Liam's uh, role in that. But it has been overplayed way too much I think he, Liam is a very astute man knew exactly what he had knew he's a great connection with that team bear in mind he brought him for minor in 2006 up along they're, they're still only 29-30 that's not all if a team wants to really go for it and you know he he, he, he knew what was there yeah. uh, Can I just, just make the point that his backroom team was, was fantastic and it shows and I think he deserves great credit it shows the humility of Eamon O'Shea to go from being coach manager and to come back in as coach again that shows the, the level that that man lives and breathes hurling and as I said the, the humility that he has to go back in there as coach and he had a massive part in that and he is a massive part and you always hear the Tipperaries talk about him um, really fondly about the confidence the self-confidence particularly the forwards he, he works very closely to forwards and just before the game Shami went up for the for the, um, uh, the, the toss or whatever and was coming back to his place and, and he's running along beside Eamon O'Shea and Eamon O'Shea's popping him three or four balls and you can just know he's talking him getting confident and I you love to see that connection, you know. Yeah. And obviously, Tommy Dunn, another man, yeah, he arguably could be manager. And you know, he, he again, he shows the humility to come in as a coach, you know, and buy into. And obviously, the Darry Egan just starting out in his coaching experience as well. So he he had a fantastic backroom team. Yeah, and you yeah. mentioned Tommy Walsh before Cheddar. He was obviously part of that much maligned Declan Ryan uh, ticket in Tommy two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy Dunn. So yeah. Who did I say? Tommy Walsh. Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. Tommy no, Tommy I, I think I'm, I'm delighted to, to actually talk up uh, Tommy Dunn. He, you know, he had a tough time in in um, Tipperary previously, um, and you know, got a lot of negative. 
um, crap about that um, and I'm just simply delighted for him you know bear in mind that he was the actual coach of the team prior to Eamon coming in now he probably knew he was going to come in at some stage anyway um, so you know Brian is right in terms of talking about the humility of the I suppose Tipperary management team for, for Tommy so I'm just I'm, look he's been a legend for Toome and for Tipperary um, there was a time I tried to coach a team in North Tip to try and take the ball away from Tommy Dunn and that wasn't easy I can tell you so he's been a legend for hurling and a legend for coaching and a very very humble man and just simply delighted with him that he's got the success uh, that he has and it was interesting Brian as well actually that it, that it was Eamon O'Shea that took the team talk the last team talk on the field before the team broke the play was, was, was made by Eamon O'Shea yesterday yeah, that's co- um, Liam Sheedy did that before though in, in 2009-2010 he used to get the he um, he, yeah Eamon O'Shea used to talk to the, mm. to the team and, and um, Sheedy had talked to the sub so it just shows the buy-in but uh, speaking of subs like the size of the panels nowadays I know I'm going off point for a second but like 40 Tipperary on the panel and 44 on the Kilkenny panel like uh, when they start doing the Jubilee team in 25 <laughs> years time I don't know how they're going to get through it <laughs> <laughs> definitely right well, that's a good point to leave it on we'll, uh, we'll come back well, well, well Willie I can't leave this show without being really surprised to see Brian Carroll with you know the blue and white colours on the show <laughs> so I just, I just needed to call that out there <laughs> We have another section, Cheddar, so you didn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> Paddy Power Performance of the Weekend Change on next. <laughs> a lot of people do say, what do you love about hunting? They do say. Uh, is, it, is it the fresh air? Is it the great outdoors? Is it the thrill? No. I just love killing things. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Paddy Power performance of the weekend. You could pick every single Tipperary uh, player the way it turned out in the second half. They all played played their part. Uh, John McGrath, I think, he got three from play. The hook on Fenley. What I liked about him, and uh, this is a criticism of Porrick Walsh, actually. Like Walsh neither marked him nor dropped off defen- helping his full back line. He, w- he was neither here nor there on McGrath. Every time McGrath come to midfield, he'd be completely free. And why would you... The two McGraths were nearly always completely free and they were setting everything up and they're so smart on the ball. You nearly put the two McGraths in um, together. Noel got official man of the match. Um, not sure if you'd, you'd agree with that, Brian, or not. He was he was consistently good right throughout. Yeah, he was. And, he, and look, looking back on it, he did hit a lot of ball. My initial reaction after the game, I wouldn't have given him. But like, look, if, I suppose you look at the stats, the amount of ball that went through his hands and he got a, a brilliant point from play, obviously, as well. Um, yeah, personally for me, I, I would have been looking at Rowan Amar, um or even Seamus Kennedy. I, I know he, he, he had a poor start, but after that I thought he really grew into the game. You know, um, first big All-Ireland since 2016 as well. I thought he was absolutely excellent, got two fantastic points. But, you know, you, you talk about the point of John McGrath. I think that comes back, to, I know you're talking about Park Welsh not picking him up, but that comes back to the movement to tip. And I think we've we've spoken about that already. The Wharton always, it wasn't as easy to tie them down because they were constantly moving. Apart from probably Shamey being inside all the time, I think the rest of them were, were constantly moving. So it, it wasn't as simple as straight matchups. Kilkenny didn't go that way. They were trying to leave Park Walsh free and sit, sit on the D and, 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 and try and hurl space as opposed to hurling the man so it wasn't as straightforward as that Yeah John McGrath's fairly versatile isn't he Cheddar because he was wing forward and he did a lot of his damage on Porrick Walsh at centre forward I think when Niall O'Mara went off Yeah and I think what was unusual about him yesterday um, I've always commented very highly I think he's an incredible player that if there are a couple of other teams around Ireland had him they'd, be, they'd put themselves into serious contention to be all Ireland winners I think I mentioned about him in Dublin before he's an incredibly efficient player you know but he needs very few steps to get the shot away oftentimes it's off the back foot um, you know it's nearly opposite score 
but he was a very different player yesterday. I mean, he's just hook was, was, was an indication of that. He's, uh, uh, you know, a willingness to work out of position. He's, you know, normally the player on the end of these players plays and just finishing the play for you. But his ability to work in between, maybe give the link pass and work around the place and drag defenders around the place with little decoy runs were, were, was really important to Tipperary. Um, I'm just going back I think I absolutely agree with Brian I think the player I would give man of the match to yesterday because he simply solved the difficult spot for Tipperary was Ronan Maher yeah. I think he's been excellent um, he's uh, probably Tip will be delighted with him in terms of the old style full back of just, just going for it and catching the ball and that and it might, might, might be easy to do in, towards the end of the game because he had an extra body around him so you can commit yourself to something like that but he took the chance on, on Colin and, and uh, you know done well Equally on the other side, um, I think Kilkenny have found a full back in Hugh Lawler. You know, Shemi Callan, you know, he's a fantastic player for a big man. He's incredibly quick and incredibly skillful. He's got absolutely everything in the game. And I thought Hugh Lawler did well on him. Sometimes he was isolated. And when that crossfield ball goes on the outside of your body, it's very, very difficult to defend. No, you can't defend you it. You can't defend it, no. really. And once the likes of Seamus Callan or any of these players get the ball in their hand, you know, you're in trouble. Your initial tackle then is so important to you that he doesn't break your tackle. And I thought he'd done really well there as well. So just to come back to the point, um, I just think Ron Amar was was really, really strong right throughout the game yesterday. And because it was such a difficult position for Tipperary to solve over the last number of years, I certainly would give it. And you'd give Ron Amar a lot of credit in that he's better than a fullback. I don't want to be disrespectful to fullbacks, but he can play a job in midfield. He can take sidelines. He can score. You know what I mean? He's yeah. he's sacrificing a lot of his qualities to play that role. Yeah, he certainly is. And look, Tip debated whether to put um, his brother Porrick back full back yeah, you know, yeah. who's done it, it before in the Munster League and the start, and the start of the National Hurling League you know they tried Porrick there um, and he, he just wasn't as comfortable obviously he played a bit there and when he started out his career so Ronan Maher in fairness to him I think he solved that spot for Tipperary and, he, and I think he, he'll stay there for a number of years yeah now. he could be stuck there now <laughs> <That's> the <laughs> Noel McGrath did you see the John Donnelly hit on Noel McGrath he yeah. came running down to do Noel mm. McGrath and he bounced off him like and a John, fly and John Donnelly was he hurt after him he was hurt well. he stayed down yeah, and he's a big he's a decent sized oh, fella John massive. Donnelly yeah he's massive it's yeah. just weird the connection at that stage because he was the aggressor in that Noel McGrath was just running yeah, but out sometimes that can happen yeah. you, you know yourself yeah. something, and you can just steal <laughs> yourself you, can, you <laughs> can just steal yourself just before it happens and, and you can come out the best of it you know so. there's no worse sickener though is there to do it <laughs> and then for you, for you to come out the worst yeah. a fella that wasn't even kind of going for yeah. you but I thought um, Wooly you know I think it'd be interesting to do the stats on Noel McGrath in terms of the impact of the times he had the ball in his hand. You know, what's what's the impact on the opposition? He's a savage influencer of the way yeah. Tipperary hurl. And I just thought that Kilkenny just left him. You know, um, Killian was sort of playing his own game and Noel was playing his own game. And it sort of drifted that way the whole way through. I know he was sort of created the space himself towards the end of the game because they had the extra man. Um, but you cannot leave Noel McGrath influence no. a game under any circumstances. I'd nearly man mark him. I don't give a damn if he's on 21 yard line because he's that good and that dangerous yeah. and crazy. He, even the long range balls that he's able to spin he will he will create a killing pass from 80 metres 100 metres um, up the field every single time and you cannot allow him that sort of space no. to, to do damage to you but, but it seemed sorry it seemed a mistake from Kilkenny because Conor Brown picked up Darrell Fitzgibbon yes. and he picked up Keen Lynch and he yes. did the man mark and roll yeah. pretty well and as, he marked as well. Brain. yeah and he marked so it was a really strange decision like you know obviously all the analysts coming into the game he expected Conor Brown to 
pick him up. I don't know where Kilkenny trying to do something different or something, but yeah, strange decision and it, it didn't work. And it, and I said the word, they probably were, in fairness to Kilkenny management, you know, you, sometimes you make some decisions and you can just go with, with you know, with the statistics that you have. And they may very well have felt, look, everybody would know Noel McGrath, you know, he's not a very quick player. Um, he'll travel around the field and that all right, but he just doesn't have the legs to be, to be do a box-to-box player as we'd call him years ago. And, and uh, you know, maybe Kilkenny thought that Killian would just, you know, get be too much from he'd overpower him and, and, and wear him down. Yeah, but it didn't happen like that. But just on that shitter, how could they think that Killian Buckley's not in the form of his life? He's no. actually having a terrible year. Mm. How could they mm. think he could out hurl Noel McGrath? Yeah. I would be very surprised if that was the, the instruction. Killian go out and out hurl a player that even in your prime you probably wouldn't out hurl. Never mind, you know, uh, uh, struggling well, to get on the team. Uh, well you look you have you, got to give credit to Kenny management. They're seeing that in training. You know, they may very well have seen that Killian was coming into farm here. By the way he he is an exceptional hurler. Yeah. You know, the, exceptional athlete as well. An exceptional yeah. athlete, Brian. And, and on, on another day, you're right. Look, he hasn't had his best year, not necessarily due to forum, due to injury. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, when he was in forum, um, you know, I probably would pick him to play on on Noel McGrath and just wear him down, go box to box, and cause problems for Noel. But Noel doesn't worry about that really. He, you know, he let the other player play away. He knows that he'll get enough ball either pass to him from his defence coming out because he'll make himself available. Like it was interesting in that middle third, particularly the last 20-25 minutes, how many times Tipperary's players became very free in the middle of the field I mean yeah. Bubbles knocked the ball over the bar at one stage there was nobody within 20 metres or 30 metres and the game wasn't over at that stage and you know I thought Tip were really good at that you know getting free in the passing lanes make themselves available for those 30-40 metres pass and that's where Noel McGrath will kill you he'll he'll stick that ball to hand and then of course your long range shooters like him will put it over the bar um, so it's a difficult one to crack but I just thought leaving Noel McGrath free in any shape or form in that game was going to yeah. be dangerous for but you the, But the, the, the thing about that is the spare man at the back so Tip could get it to the spare man now he's all the time in the world to find those whereas in the first half they're under so much savage pressure you can't you're, you're, you're just not able to see like you're under you know there's mm. two lads tackling you you've got no pressure and then those short ham- they're on yeah. but they're not being found because yeah. you're just all over the place whereas when you have a spare man you're under no pressure now you're able to flick it to Noel McGrath and John McGrath and all those little shorter passes work right but like clearly and, and we've discussed this like Tipperary won the tactical battle hands down Kilkenny picked their 15 played their 15 exactly you knew what you were getting you know what it says in the tin to the half forward line are going to drop deep that's about as much tactics as implied they never tried to get any matchups right or anything like that Tipperary obviously were the ones that were trying all those different well, things they did, they did Hugh did Cal- went on yeah. Callan Murphy did full, well on full, forward yeah, and full, Holden did full, well on Bubbles full back on full forward and whichever two corner forwards came in the two boys picked them up well no well Bubbles yeah. went in full forward at the yeah. start oh, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, Hugh yeah. was on him and then they reshuffled yeah, yeah, it around Right. That one, okay, yeah. yeah. So maybe, maybe that one in, in particular. So I think like, they did their matchups in the full back line. Yeah, in the full back. Yeah, line, yeah. But yeah. after that, then it's just like you know, hurl who comes onto you, you know. So yeah. I, I, I think they made a big mistake, and I think we'll all agree on that. That you know, Noel McGrath should have been man marked. Oh yeah, there's by Conor Brown in particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't, I I don't think they asked enough questions about Tipperary earlier on either. Um, you know, what Brian is saying in terms of just moving some, some players. And, you know, look, you could have, you could have left uh, Buckley wing back and and, and brought uh, Conor Fogarty to the middle of the field to do that man marking job yeah. as well. You know, and they've done that in the past. I was just surprised, uh, you know, in terms of the setups and, the, and some of the matchups that they had. But you know, I'll qualify all of that by saying, um, you know, 
Brian is seeing this in, in Kenya training. You've got to go on that. You cannot go on, on, on things that you think might happen. You've got If something is happening in training and if Killian Buckland is showing the form that he's capable of, well, then you've got to go with that. And yeah. invariably, when you lose, obviously, you're going to question yeah, it all. That's correct. That's yeah, it. You're that's going true. to question it. But geez, it, was a, it was a full half. Bubbles, lads, 1-2. He missed two really easy chances. One in the first half, he could have kept going with it and he just went for a long-range one. And inexplicably, Bubbles mishit another one, which yeah. you very rarely yeah. see this man doing it. And they were, they were close together. It was kind of like... Close together. The two yeah. players, almost same players. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. you expect him to score them. He ended up with one, two. Uh, but like, I mean, Michael Ryan said down at the live show in Turles, he said that he's, he said, what did he say, Cheddar? He's the most, he's the most talented furler he's ever seen, or something. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. can see he's it in him, though. Yeah. He's so gifted, it's mm-hmm. unreal. Yeah. Oh, he's 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 class in fairness to him. And look, we've said it earlier. He got back got back to fitness. That was the big thing. And you know, Sheedy had him working really really hard as well. Look, we know how good he is. He's, his wrists are, are phenomenal. And when he got into his pump in that second half, you know, he started to throw a couple of balls over his shoulder, and you know, got a great point underneath the Cusick stand, and, and obviously finished the goal really well. But um, you know, he, he's deadly. Yeah. When he finds space, yeah. um, you know, I think the tip way of creating space was a little bit different than Limerick last year. It wasn't as structured. And I think Eamon leaves that to the players a little bit more. I think Eamon, if you were to say what does Eamon have, um, I think he gives the players the sort of tools to do the job to be able to find the space. Uh, but that's very easy to say as well when you've got that type of quality player they have incredible forwards we all agree on that and and um, so if they make the space themselves if Bubbles find space you're in trouble um, from any distance and I think the difference between them and Limerick was that, that the Tipperary players when they go into the space in the middle of the third they pinged it or the bar Limerick didn't have that ability look at the points that they missed Bubbles didn't miss them yesterday I think the other thing that was interesting is the pace of the Tipperary backs coming out of the defence uh, Woolley creates the two on one coming out that that then it allows you to free up somebody coming on to the half back line or onto the middle of the field. And look, Seamus Kennedy was sprinting like a greyhound yeah. coming out of the field. Or Parry Marr the same, even he was coming coming a little bit deeper. Barry Heffern the same. They were sprinting out of the defence with the possession. And I just qualify all of that and say, look, when you're seven or eight pints ahead, we all know that we've all played a game. Your tail is up. You know things go for you. The ball runs for you. You're, you're you know you're much more creative, much more positive about yourself. You take chance. You'll take risks because you know you're seven or eight pints up. And you know that, there was a little bit of that what happened yesterday. But Tipperary have the players to be able to do that. You'll always hear the lazy one. Oh, God, they're fierce fit, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, the other team, yeah. oh, they're working as fit as them. Oh, no, seriously, um, you're yeah, winning. Yeah. Like, yeah, when you're, you're winning, winning, you want ball. Yeah. Yeah, you want That's ball, right. you'll run everywhere. Especially you know. the lads yeah. that don't want ball when you're losing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and look, they had an extra man as well. Don't and that, that. that was it. So, yeah, Paddy Maher, uh, Seamus Kennedy. Seamus Kennedy, in fairness, uh, he's able to fairly bullet them over the bar on the run. Like mm. there's no loops about them. They were bloody yeah. shotguns over yeah. the bar and from a long distance. He missed an easy chance in the first half. Um, you would expect him because he set himself up on his right hand side. Uh, actually, he hit that standing. So that's a, a very valid point of when he was on the run. He 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 got two great scores. Yeah, Podimar, uh, like you would say, not one of his man of the match performances. But he caught the ball off Walter. He made one huge run down into the yeah. heart of the Kilkenny defence in the first half when mm. Tipperary weren't in the game. And I think those two kind of moments of inspiration yeah. almost ignited and then the goal ignited. But like Paddy Maher took it on himself. Like it's all cliches about leaders and inspirational players. But they were two inspirational players from your inspirational kind of leader. And these things, it's not said for no reason that no, you need I've, your I leaders look. to stand up. And Paddy is unbelievable. And we talked about this before, like his record in county finals for Charles Sarsfield is it's off the charts, the amount of man out of matches he's won. So on the big day, Paddy Mart always steps up. You know, yeah. We were critical of him here over the, the sending off. 
off against Leash because we said it was very unlike Potty because he's such a warrior. He's so strong. He's so physical, you know, and he relished the battle yesterday, you know, which he usually does in fairness to him. Like, he is a fantastic hurler. And no matter what way you want to mix it with Potty, he is able to do it because he's so strong in the air. Obviously, being left hand, he's able to get up and, and win those high balls. But, you know, he can score. He can he can do it all. And he can defend really well, too. So, look, he's a, he, he is a warrior. That's the way I describe him. He, de- he definitely would. Just finally, uh, I think Paul Murphy did well on Jason Ford but his use of the ball is shocking isn't it Paul Murphy he's into these clearances that go, could go straight to a, a Tipperary man which is it's not really what you want but I thought he kept Ford pretty quiet other than, other than one point but uh, probably wasn't too many John Donnelly like you said John, John Donnelly John, was John, very and, T, and TJ Reid had some brilliant incredible moments especially in the first 20 minutes he looked like he was all over the <laughs> there was three TJ Reeds. yeah I think John Donnelly deserves an honourable mention to be fair to him like three points in his first All-Ireland final he, he did a lot of work he, he got back into the into the half back line a huge amount and carried ball forward he was unlucky for another score Brian Hogan took it down with the hurl that time not, yeah. the, not the hand so like he, he had a big influence on the on the game from a Kilkenny perspective um, but I, I'd certainly take a point with Paul Murphy's you know use of the ball can be quite poor at times and I think Tipperary you know they seen that and they put him under pressure as well and um, you know they can give him the ball at times as well he, he'll invariably end up giving it back to you because I think Paul's still in that mould of, of the great team that they had where they got the ball and just drove it down get rid, yeah. get rid of get it get rid of it it looks weird in the modern game when you see a loose one where it's just yeah. like, Jesus did you not even look there you know yeah. it's just I think it's moved on right lads it's between the two McGraths and Ronan Maher so I'm going to let the two of you come to a consensus there I think we have it Ronan Maher Ronan Maher okay right well congratulations we'll go against us on the game anyway so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I, I was the same I was, I was think, thinking like you when I heard Noel McGrath got it I went Noel McGrath I thought yeah. he was good but Ronan yeah. Marr was more eye-catching to me but who's yeah. to say like it's yeah. eye-catching to whoever um, you think right Ronan Marr congratulations um, obviously this is a bigger deal than winning the All-Ireland yesterday you get a <laughs> pair of uh, Paddy Power lucky pants that uh, Brian Carroll has here um, <laughs> not his ones <laughs> <laughs> clarify that one <laughs> alright we'll be back on Thursday we might talk about player of the year um, I had a good joke with Shane McCallan in there about it um, I think he's a shoe in but we'll leave it all that to Thursday JJ I'm sure we'll be back that day and we'll, we'll talk to you then good luck Thank you.
Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer, bet gets a goal. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance of goal, I said I'd stay going. So I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are in there. We're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. I let it go, cause I won't see you later.